Welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with your host, Joe Thompson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me, your host, Joe Thompson. And today we have Alex Hughes from Broom Hill Property Shop in Sheffield. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Joe. Nice to meet yourself. So, a bit of a tradition on this uh, podcast, we like to do some quick fire questions just to get loosened up. So, are you ready for the quick fire questions? Go for it. Okay. House or flat? Uh, flat. Barbecue or Sunday roast? Sunday roast. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. TikTok or YouTube? YouTube. Hot or cold? Hot. Football or rugby? uh, Can I dodge that one and say squash? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go for it. All right, how about this one? Is it a racket sport? So how about badminton or squash? Oh, squash. Squash every day. Squash every day. Every day, yeah? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so please, can you tell the listeners uh, what, what you do um, for a living? Um, so, yeah, my name's Alex. I uh, manage Broomhill Property Shop in Sheffield. Uh, we're a letting agent that specialises in HMOs, uh, particularly student cycle HMOs. So your sort of classic July, June lot, uh, all cohesive, all one group of guys and girls. Um, that occupy student uh, for 12 months. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, quite a substantial portfolio. Um, the business has two branches, um, one on Whitton Road in Broomhill uh, and ours on Glossop Road. Um, business has been trading many, many years. Um, and more recently, we opened this branch uh, probably about 10 years ago. Um, so we sort of look after this for private landlords. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, it's brilliant, really. Nice. I guess from that you you do enjoy it. Yeah, it's um, yeah dealing with students every day. It's it is entertaining. Um, obviously, uh, everyone can sort of guess what goes on. Um, but having having like a, a day that varies is quite important to me. So um, you're never really going to know what phone call you sort of get next, and you can I can plan my days so much, but. Um, you never know, someone will have left a tap on and, and a ceiling collapses and we've got to sort of get that fixed ASAP, basically. So oh, you never know what's around the corner. Um, so it's always entertaining. Um, doing viewings is entertaining, letting the houses and to, to trying to please both sides of the party, both the landlord investors and obviously the student occupants. So uh, quite a hard line to balance, but no, definitely enjoyable. I can imagine no two days the same. And I guess as well, these, these students are, it's probably the first time they've lived away from home. Uh, so they've gone from mum and dad's house to living on their own. And actually, they don't really know how it's done, how to live and how to behave in certain aspects, is it? Yeah, <laughs> first it, one anyway. it's, it's, it's strange. Yeah, we write as much guidance and sort of literature uh, as we can, because um, obviously that sort of helps us. Uh, by helping them Um, but yeah you you, you can't just simple things Um, we'll we'll tell them about obviously it's a classic HMO legislation about the self-closers on the doors um, but a lot obviously have Yale latch locks you tell them how many times to put the snicket down or put a door stop under and but you always get that phone call I've been locked out my room my keys are inside and so 
you can only tell them so much. You're dealing with a, a lot of people, so you, you can't write everything. But as long as we respond, it's, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, nah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So um, with that, you've got probably, well, they said, so many properties that you've come on. I imagine it's quite a bit of a revolving door sometimes with people, new tenants and things like that. So if people are applying to live in one of your properties, what sort of information do you need and what sort of documentation do you need from them? Um, yeah, so being, I mean, 90% of our portfolio is, is, is student accommodation. Um, so we're cyclical. So we do everything in uh, from the start of November through to our end of season's about January now. It used to be a bit longer, but so we've got to get all the documentation up pretty quickly. It's a very sort of competitive time of year. We don't like to put any pressure on the students. Um, so we give them sort of quite um, a rigid email that explains sort of the guidelines. You've got so many days to get your documentation together. Um, but yeah, it's tenant particulars, right to rent, uh, our terms and conditions, um, guarantor form, um, obviously the government have changed the right to rent checks um so the ones in um idvts which is identity document verification technology i mean you've probably come across these things before but um since covid um they because obviously we had a lot of remote applications through covid it was quite a difficult time to navigate um but they stopped that and i think uh is it july i think july just gone um, so we had to get this IDVT because we still have applications where we, we've seen four people and there's someone that studied abroad or, or so on and so forth. So that's something that we had to change this year. Um, but it, it makes it much better. There's a lot of letting agents don't necessarily get trained on um, identity fraud. It, it's highly unlikely that a student's going to have sort of fraudulent ID for sort of right to rent checks but these technologies sort of scour and they look at the holograms and they, they do a whole lot more than the human can sort of look at so um that was really good but no we, we we've sort of brought our sort of sign up documentation just in line with sort of student interest so um making the whole thing via um an editor but um like a questionnaire an online questionnaire um sort of like fast field and yeah. um, just like submission uh box field submission forms um a lot of agencies have some quite old school submissions, but when you're dealing with young people that sort of are okay with these types of things, then and being on WhatsApp as well, being it's surprising how many students don't want to pick up the phone. So being on WhatsApp for web and sort of being on a, a on sort of language terms that they understand massively helps us, and that helps us sort of stay ahead of our competitors. That means that we can sort of get signups done quicker and faster than them because because it's so competitive. The students sort of, we know what they do. They, they, they shop about, they send 20, 30 inquiries off um, because they're so desperate to find a house. Um, and they'll even sort of say they want the house and they'll say that to three agents and three houses. Um, and you just, that's why you've just got to sort of set deadlines for documentation and you sort of know, well, yeah, they don't want it, fine, let's move on. Um, and then as long as you square with people, nobody can sort of moan. You say, look, well, you've had three days. Um, there's a there's a lovely group around the corner that wants it also. It, so you know, it's it's just having these guidelines yeah, in place you, which must be helps. Don't do helps your, you. get your paperwork done. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. And, and so being, if you don't get your documents in, you're screwed. Yeah, no, it, it's really important. And obviously the accuracy, um, and and that's why 
our documentation is brilliant. It's all got sort of required fields so they don't miss anything. We, we used to spend a lot of time going back and forth. Uh, oh, you've missed this, you've missed that. Your guarantor's not put that in. Whereas this sort of helps just alleviate that. Um, but yeah, no, re- really, really impressed with that so far. That's good. And, and do you know what? That I think you're so true. Just, I had a chuckle to myself when you said about youngsters not liking to pick up the phone and speak to people. It's like a forgotten art, isn't it, for youngsters, like making phone calls. Like a phone isn't just yeah. to phone people anymore. Like it's crazy. No, it's, it's, crazy. It, it, it's so like, weird. I mean, I, doing, what, doing what we do and do what I do, we're on the phone all the time. We're, we're calling contractors, landlords, uh, students, and it, it's the quickest way of getting to someone. Not everyone is sort of so on their phone all the time, but, yeah, they just don't they're all sort of in snapchat groups and whatsapp groups and they sort of communicate like this i mean we do have maintenance software that communicates in a similar way it's got like chats for the whole house to be in um so everything's all um t's crossed and i's dotted and and it makes it very easy to communicate when things got reported but yeah they're they're not the best on the phones but some are but generally, generally not all of them so I left someone a voicemail the other day and at the end of the voicemail I went I'm also going to send you a text because I don't think anyone listens to voicemail anymore <laughs> it's just not a oh, thing is no. it <laughs> and, and that's the thing I've got I've got, I've, I've got I've got landlords that are sort of north of 60 years old they're sending me voicemails <laughs> um, and, 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 and long email threads and then I've got students just wanting to sort of like, like, yeah it's complete sort of polar ends of the sort of um demographic but it's always quite interesting <laughs> definitely i bet i bet so with uh with hmos um how many how many landlords do you do you deal with um we've got about 50 landlords um so huh. yeah um quite a few um the complete spectrum of landlords we've got some uh which are your classic uh 75 year old lady she can't manage the property anymore she's got one it's sort of a pension fund and we look after hers but then we've also got people that have sold their company to large organizations for north of 30 million pounds and they've got a few hmos they've diversified investments they've got restaurants bars uh country parks golf clubs there's a real spectrum of landlords so a, a lot of students just go oh i'm paying this a week times about the number of houses and my landlord's getting this but students need they don't they don't most don't understand and appreciate the costs that have to come off that top line um yeah, it, yeah. it's not all um my landlord's a thief it, it's um some it's it's they really do go above and beyond um yeah there's some bad cases about but it's that's in every industry um but no it, big big spectrum that's it and I, there is so much that goes into it like property maintenance mortgage payment um, fees for for renting it out there's insurances some people charge bills all in and i remember when i i lived near a hmo uh, a couple of friends lived in it so i used to go around and they didn't have to pay bills and it was all included mm-hmm. well who's paying that <laughs> your landlord <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean 
things like that are changing now as well. There's a lot of student HMOs which are now all inclusive. Um, it sort of depends on what type of HMO that you have. You, there's varying type. You've got obviously like HMOs which operate on like service accommodation. You've got HMOs which are on like a professional level. So maybe renting to sort of junior doctors near hospitals and they're renting by the room with a lovely ensuite um, for a bit of a higher premium. Uh, the standard's usually a bit higher. Uh, and then you've got what we primarily deal with, which is the classic student cycle, July, June or September, June sort of stuff. Um, those are tending to, I'd say maybe only 20% of our students do bills themselves. Most tend to go with a company called Unihomes, if you haven't heard of them. Um, they're sort of a company which orchestrates bills on behalf of the tenants. So it, it was sort of not necessarily near the, I mean, if you do rent the room out, the landlord's liable for the bills and the council tax. So yeah, they're organizing that. But if you're a student and uh, it's a joint and several liable contract or a cohesive agreement, um, then yeah, it'll most likely be that they're with uni homes and somebody else is orchestrating the bills for them. If you, it is obviously a bit more expensive. It's sort of a convenience charge as I said to describe it. Um, but it's sort of worth it. The margin difference is, is, is usually worth it subject to the house and obviously the EPC rating of the house and things like that. Um, but if you have nine people in a house and, and some poor Saudi sort of trying to orchestrate the gas, electric, water, TV license, if they ever pay for that and, and, and the rest of it, um, and then they've got to chase eight other people for the bills every month. It's, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll have this pint instead. Or like, I'll, you know, I'll buy right back to the house. So that's my water and utility bill. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, yeah, it makes sense why they do it. So I, I don't blame them. And it's secure as well. It's not, yeah. um, they're individual direct debits. And it's so much easier uh, than having to chase your housemates and, and so on and whatnot. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. I can hear those conversations right now. Those people, I'll buy you three pints next time we go out if you pay the water bill. Oh, yeah, brilliant. And they never yeah, pay the water it. bill. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, we don't have to get involved in that sort of uh, level. But no, we, we have, where we have had room lets sort of properties before, we have got involved in um, quite incredibly petty levels. Uh, certain people moving people's towels and shampoo bottles. And so, hang on a minute, we're where you're letting agent slash management agent, we're not, yeah, if there's a serious no. issue, yeah, I mean, like, come on, like, there's a line, but um, we'll, sort of, we'll always entertain, obviously, those questions, but there's a there's a level of how much we can sort of um, pursue that uh, in emails and phone calls, but, yeah, you know, you know they, they come out of halls, and the halls is a bit of a different setup, uh, different sort of contracts, different style of management, um, and they're still new to it, so we we look after them. But we've also got to sort of teach them. If you go to get your grad job in, I don't know Manchester, and you rent a flat by yourself, your graduate job, you're not going to get the same level. You'll be asked to sort of cater to drains. You'll be asked to repressurize the boiler. And yeah, the legislation's the same. But uh, student landlords have you've got to sort of take it with a pinch of salt. I mean. I personally wouldn't want an 18-year-old fiddling with my boiler that doesn't know how to pressurise it. There's instances where it can end worse than than sticking with hardline legislation. So, yeah, you, you just got to manage it with with a bit of gumption and sort of common sense. Um, but it's, it's it's usually fine. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. So, talking of uh, having 18-year-olds fiddling with boilers, is there any horror stories that you can tell us? Uh, 
That won't get you too much in trouble. <laughs> um, well, it, it depends what you want to know is a horror story. Um, there's obviously doing viewings, walking in on people, um, doing all sorts of oh. shenanigans. There's people, um, yeah, there's people walking around as, as comfortable in their sort of birthday suit. There's yeah there's 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 all sorts of stuff there's initiations for university going on um really heavy nights out people walking in on a viewing i mean yeah we try and not do early viewings but believe me one o'clock you'll still walk in and someone's asleep um so however they may be you walk in you knock you shout yeah we're here they won't listen and you go in and unfortunately sometimes you see what you see, but um, no, it, it's all entertaining nonetheless. I mean, probably the worst one uh, I did uh, was this kid emailed um, before Christmas. He'd um, he'd left his window open. Um, he was on the attic, but he'd left it open. So uh, we had a view in the following day. So I said, oh, sorry, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go and shut your window. Um, Anyway, I've got these two girls that are doing this viewing uh, on behalf. This is COVID, I think, um, on behalf of their group. Uh, go up to the attic room. Nobody's in. They've all gone home for Christmas. Um, sort of going around the house. Yeah, this this room. I mean, yeah, I've done enough viewings. There's only so much you can describe about each room. But um, yeah, this is this room, and this is the bathroom, and this is this room. Knock on this next room. Always sort of knock on the doors, just just in case. Go in. Nobody's there. See his window open. Brilliant. So just climb up onto the edge of his bed just to pull the window to. Um, I sort of like look down, there's like a laptop. I'm like, oh, he's left his laptop here. Christ. Um, I don't know, I'll put it, put it on his desk or something. Just so it's out of the way. Uh, anyway, look down and about maybe three inches away from my foot is, is this uh, sort of uh, strange looking um, shape under the duvet cover. <laughs> uh, and then I realised it was the student asleep um, and he was absolutely zonked. <laughs> Um, he said he'd gone home, but um, whether it was him or the tenant or a different tenant, I don't know. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was quite an interesting one. Um, so quickly uh, left that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah um, and so did the two girls behind me uh, that reviewed the property. So um, yeah, entertaining nonetheless. Um, and there's all and, and we see it all the time as well. There's always. Um, Students will play tricks and um, stuff on each other. They'll know the letting agents coming around the viewing, so all these various objects and things knocking around the bedroom to make themselves look a bit suspect. Um, it's all entertaining. We get it, but um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's good fun. <laughs> I can imagine brightens your day up. Uh, oh, to be young again, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. So um, with regards to HMOs, obviously you deal with lots of landlords. Um, have you got any advice for someone who is uh, looking to get into buying a HMO uh, for students? Anything that you'd say um, before you do it, this is what you need to look Yeah, um, biggest thing, really, really don't underestimate what um, a letting agent or HMO management company knows. Um, it, I've, I've I've come across a fair few cases recently of, of investors, um, even if you're a seasoned investor um, and you know exactly what you're doing, you run your figures, you know what yields you're getting, you know what ROI you're getting, um, you know your numbers down to a T, but 
there's areas in Sheffield that you can literally be 200 yards from one house to another and the rents will be 20% different. There's certain drop-offs of locations. It may be something as simple as a hill, uh, just round the corner, not where they want to be, just a perceived location factor as well. Same distance, but it's not Crooksmoor, it's up Manchester Road, or it's not uh, it's not Broom Hill, it's, it's Broom Hall, or whatever it may be, there's certain roads or locations which the rents can massively change. So that's where, even if someone just calls me, I'm, I'm always going to sort of pick up the phone and sort of, help people because you never know we may get the management in worst cases i've helped someone um there was a case recently um someone bought one of my landlords actually contacted me to sort of run the due diligence on it um i looked at it obviously we've got lots of software that sort of scours the background of all rental adverts that have ever been um we've got access to hmo databases so we can i can sort of clay quite a good picture of how a property has run over the last 10 years um, and given Sheffield, that's, Sheffield is an Article Four city, that's really important. Um, if ultimately, I don't know, I don't know how much you know, but basically, you've got to have planning permission in place um, to let as a HMO to use Class C four oh. um, in a certain map of vicinity, um, pretty much around like this area of Sheffield above me, um, probably yeah. about two miles from the city centre outwards. Um, you basically need planning permission to rent it as a HMO. So a HMO is three to six individuals, um, but a HMO license is five plus individuals. So you, if you have a HMO or a house that could have six bedrooms, um, if it's not got the planning permission and it's been rented to a family, if you then go and buy that and you think it can be a HMO, great, but if it has been let to family, you can't rent it as a HMO. You can apply for planning, but it's very, very unlikely that it'll get it approved because Sheffield sort of wants streets to have no more than 20, 25% occupancy of HMOs on them. So they're probably already near that. And this came in in 2011. So we're sort of in this freeze frame um, of planning uh, approvals, basically. Um, and anyway, long story short is that this lady bought this this, this HMO um, and it didn't have the planning in place. So she basically bought a duff egg um, and it can't be rented as a HMO. So when she thought she was going to be getting sort of £2,800 a calendar month for sort of quite a few students, then it, it can't be done. And we can't do it because our terms of business says, no, we, we need to abide by the planning rules and regulations and, and, and so on and so forth. So the landlord that actually contacted me to do the due diligence uh, dodged that bullet, but this lady actually bought it um, and she didn't contact an agent oh, no. to just run, run a check. So he spent north of £300,000 on this house and she can't let it as a HMO. She can Airbnb it. Oh, There's a bit of a sort of... Uh, Un- unknown legislation side of things at the moment and there's i've seen some articles recently about changes to use classes on on service accommodation properties but there's nothing solid in place in in, in our district but um so she could do that but next best thing is it is a family residence and obviously you're probably capping out at a thousand pounds down there uh, where this house is residential even even how big the house is because it, it it was an illegally run hmo by a, a previous landlord basically and it went up for sale and right. okay. just not very really good due diligence was done on behalf of obviously the property solicitor and that's where obviously we come in because not every property solicitor or, or conveyancer is au fait with the nuances of hmos so 
a quick phone call would have just stopped that. So, um, yeah, just just That's anyone it. getting into it. Don't, don't think, think there's, yeah, it, it, and it is, but it wouldn't have cost anything to phone call a local agent or two agents or three agents. Um, it doesn't even, yeah, there's HMO specialists knocking about few and far between, but if you're in a student district, there should be more so than you sort of satellite towns and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, mistakes can be evade, avoided, but you sort of, you do learn. I mean, you can sell it to a family. It can, it can go in that market, but the problem is due to the area and then it's a, it's a four story, seven bedroom house. So there's not many families oh that, that really, it, it doesn't take a lot of boxes yeah. for a family. Families want large communal sides, communal areas with a nice lovely garden that overflows into. This is a four story house with a yard um, for a rear and it, it, it's not very residential. So yeah, but people make mistakes. It's, it's just, still can't get over how much that is like you say it would have just taken a phone call and I, I mean I, when I speak to um, buyers who people are buying houses I always say do your homework there's so much information out there there's so many estate agents out there that you can call in the local areas so much stuff on right move that you can get access to more information like you say you've got access to as well it's like do your research it's a lot of money to to go and buy something, and if you're going to make a mistake like that, you you want it to be, you know, oh, a small mistake, not a, a three hundred thousand pound mistake. Yeah, it's 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 always going to be one of those things, and, and I think the worst part was it was sort of it was it wasn't even an auction property. People tend to make obviously most mistakes at auction, and obviously sometimes yeah. things run a lot quicker in that environment, um, but. Uh, it, it was a high street agent. Um, it's a shame, really, but I, I don't know what, what what can you do. But um, yeah, like I say, I'm always happy to pick up the phone to people and just, even if it's just we don't get anything out of it, it's to just help people avoid these costly mistakes. Um, and, and if that's a benefit I can help someone with, then, then perfect. It's a bit, bit, of, bit of a win-win situation. They're not going to call me and ask me to manage it, and I'm not going to have to have that difficult conversation with them and say, sorry, but you can't you know so i can get in sooner uh, oh. basically yeah yeah and, and to be honest when you have those conversations with people and they dodge bullets like that and they, they know you and trust you then and then when they do buy you know they've got a great letting agent that they can come to yeah that's the thing i mean if it's not this one Never it's another one i mean <laughs> yeah i mean like it's it's i've got all sorts of people that call me they want uh, they want a property that's going to look after them for 30 years, in which case they need to choose a very, very solid location. Uh, or they may just want cash flow and they want the best yield they can possibly get. Um, it, it totally depends. And that's why I'll have quite long conversations and just really sort of understand the investor. And I say, look, this, this one isn't right for you. I mean, you can buy it if you want, but... I, I I wouldn't. It's, it's it doesn't doesn't tick all the boxes that you first told me. But I, and the thing is, if, if if houses go up for sale in our area, I generally know who's managed it the last eight ten years, who owns it, and 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 that can tell you a lot. If you know why someone's selling something, it it puts you in quite a good position for when you're buying. Um, so yeah, it, just just talk to people and, and find out what people know. 
Um, subtle things, really subtle things sometimes. Um, bathroom ratios, not every investor knows what's going on in which city. Some cities have got um, really quite strong desires for en-suites, other cities don't, but obviously all ratios of how many sort of occupants per bathroom is better. So there may be one that's not great location, not great bathroom ratio, no garden space or something. You're probably going to cap out at such and such a rent here, no matter how much you spend. The principles of the building are just a limiting factor. Um, not everyone can just slap panel in on a wall and charge a, a hundred quid a week for it. You, there's got to be some principal bonus to the value of the property, you know. So um, just things like that. But not every landlord thinks like that. They just think, oh, I'll just get a hundred quid for this. But sometimes you don't. Or, yeah. or some cities prefer flats over houses. I mean, actually, the question at the start. Um, but yeah, some. I don't personally think Sheffield's very good for cluster uh, sorts of student accommodation, as in sorts of high occupancy apartments. Um, it tends to be more the international students that look after those buildings. Um, and yeah, flats are okay, but sort of capping out at about three occupants. Whereas other cities, I think Liverpool's pretty good um, for sort of high occupancy flats. But again, it's, 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 it's completely different. So you just got to be careful on what city's nuances are. Um, before you invest basically yeah. not all about yield it's it's what goes in your back pocket at the end of the day really so due diligence yeah 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 exactly so for for uh prospective investors who um in sheffield area uh it, how do they get in touch with you if they want to use you as a letting agent um, so yeah, we've got two offices, um, so you can just Google Broomhill Property Shop. Uh, I've got a LinkedIn profile. Um, I've uh, yeah, you just call that, call our office, email us. We've got our contact details on the website. So it's just Google Broomhill Property Shop, um, or just reach out. I get a fair few. I mean, quite a few um, landlord-related Facebook pages. Um, they're always quite interesting. I'm sure you're in some uh, mortgage ones just to see what other people are doing. Oh yeah. And, and they're always interesting. Uh, I'm in those. Don't really put too much information about. Obviously, I've got to be be careful about our, our customer bases and, and GDPR. But I'm in there. If you want to message me on Facebook, obviously you can. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to help and, and have a phone call with someone, even if it's just to say hello or they have some questions about their HMO in Stoke. I mean, I had a guy the other day. He's, his agent's not doing a very good job of a tenant issue that he's got, and he just wants this second opinion. So. Sometimes it's just about tactic strategy and or what or what the best moral decision to do is. So when we deal with student HMOs, is there's I tend to find there's more moral decisions to be made. There's multiple decisions and things at play. So sometimes we're quite good at making the correct judgment call. So even if it's just something as simple as that, mate, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for going through everything today. I really appreciate. It opened my eyes to the worlds of HMOs and uh, and students and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the way I'd go investing um, but I can see why people do well, it <laughs> but I also yeah, see why it's, people it's, let, uh, use a letting agent <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's unbelievable how much I mean yeah I'll be honest there's some there's some properties that we don't do much management for throughout the year um, is that a bad thing or is that a good thing I mean we put some lovely tenants in so they're not wasting your time calling you every two minutes so it's not necessarily about i mean a lot of landlords tend to want good value for money but it's not necessarily always about that sometimes a very quiet well-running hmo is the best hmo 
doesn't have to be that we're having yeah. to do deed of assignments and tenant replacements every 30 seconds um, to, just to get you your value for money. It, it can just be sort of uh, advice on your next HMO. And I think that's where we sort of specialize. Um, I'll focus with the investors and the landlords uh, and we'll look to grow portfolios or alter portfolios. Can we improve this house and just generally improve the standard of the accommodation and make sure it's high? We don't like landlords on our books, which sort of don't respect the tenants and, and don't work with us and what, what is right. I mean, if you want a boiler replacing, they've got no hot water or heating, we need authorization pretty, pretty rapid. Um, so it's all sorts of subtleties like that, but yeah, no, it's um, generally it's pretty good. They, they, I think they give the best yields. There's obviously always going to be some commercial residential development which gives a better yield, but there's an element of how much time you put into these projects as to how, and, and that's what I always assess with my landlords is, is what time are you putting into this? I've got some landlords which take 200k rent a year and they WhatsApp me once a month. Um, and that works. And I've got other landlords that want to phone call me every 30 seconds and they want to manage it as well as me. It's like the member of staff here, um, but they're not, <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, I think students like my HMO is very, very good. Um, there's a lot of supply and demand changes at the moment. Um, different cities are at different stages of the rental crisis. Um, rents can only go up. Um, that is a concern, I think. I've seen a lot of news articles and you've probably seen similar stuff of tenants in London which are fighting for houses and it's getting to the stage where documents are being fraudulently produced for pay slips and affordability calculators so they pass. Um, I've seen a lot of that sort of stuff being uh, flying around so it's important that you have an agent which is really on the ball um, and, know, and knows what they're doing and sort of can navigate you around the next few years. Um, I've seen a lot of things in, in landlord groups, particularly single let landlords wanting to exit the market, um, which I can understand why uh, a lower yield, not as much profit, uh, potentially losing profit, depending on obviously their mortgage rates and how it's coming to end. And there's a lot of people that are now going into negative profits because the mortgages have gone up quite a lot that the, the rent and then they're having, then they're putting, oh, can I increase rent midterm? Can I do this? Can I do that? And well, uh, no. Um, you're going to have to ride this out, you know, until you can serve a section 13 and, and do a rent increase. But yeah, it, it, it's a real concern for supply and demand because that's all that drives um, rent. You've got people jumping shit from HMOs to service accommodation. That's obviously a supply drop. You've got people exiting the market. That's a supply drop. Um, but the universities are growing sort of five, six percent a year. Um, so it's burning from both ends of the wick, basically. Um, so we'll see how things go, but I think it's important for us to sort of make sure that rents stay in line, um, but obviously please both sides of the party. As long as the tenants get good value um, and the, the property's condition improves as long alongside the rent, I think that's fine. Um, I don't. I, I've, I've never met a tenant that is not wanting to pay a little bit more for a better conditioned house. So as long as things move through like that and, and the landlords can get a bit more money and they do renovations wisely, that's a, a, a good moral way of getting more rent without just ripping people off. And I think that's the best way to sort of do things. Yeah. 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 Completely agree. Completely agree with that. Um, Alex, thank you very much for today. Really appreciated it. Um, 
Yeah, no worries. So, guys, if you do want to reach out to Alex, go on the website. I'll put the links to contact Alex in the uh, description below. Um, this will, will come out every Friday. As you know, the podcast is out every Friday. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and I will see you on the next recording. Thank you. The Home Buyer Club podcast is here to help you understand the process of buying a home. Hearing stories and advice from people in and around the industry, as well as some mortgage tips from yours truly. <laughs> Give me a follow on Instagram, The Home Buyer Club, and let's make your first or next home purchase an easy one. I'll see you on the next episode.